Hello everyone. The Bible was not given to informers, it was given to changers. So said the great 19th century Baptist preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Do take a moment to stop and think about this. Of course the Bible does inform us and that's hugely important. But if that's all it does, then what's the point? Reading the Bible does indeed involve our intellect, but it is given that we might encounter the living God, be reconciled to him through the Lord Jesus, discover not just who we are, but whose we are, and discover a fullness of life we never knew was possible. The Bible was not given to inform us, it was given to change us. So it's very much about the new identity we're gifted by God when we open our hearts to his son, we receive his forgiveness and his newness of life. It's as if previously we were living in a far country, a long way from God our Father, knowing nothing of his promises and the covenant of grace into which he had invited his people Israel and now invites us all. God had always said that one day this blessing would spread out to all the peoples of the earth. And for the church in Ephesus, a light is now being shone on the fulfilment of that promise. So we're in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 11 to 22. And here's another question. Where do you call home? Paul is here writing to a gathering of Christians who were probably mostly Gentile believers, and he uses the language of citizenship. Many of us today perhaps take the idea of citizenship rather for granted. Certainly that has been so for me. I thought about it a bit more uh, just recently, when hospital visits have required me to fill in the form to indicate that I am a British citizen and therefore entitled to receive um, free treatment from the NHS. That's just nudged me a bit into thinking more about the idea of citizenship. I do remember as a teenager being aware that there were still numbers of stateless people around Europe, um, at least 20 or so years after um, um, the end of the war, but it was all as a result of the Second World War. More recently, it's a sad reality that there are many thousands of refugees fleeing war or hunger around the world, looking to become citizens of a safer country. So many are longing to belong somewhere they can call home and where they and their families can live fulfilled lives of dignity and value and hope. At its best, citizenship is about belonging, about home. Now let's just think for a moment about the world in which this letter was written. The Gentile church in Ephesus is reminded that being given a new start is what has happened for them. They've become part of Jesus' new and international community. Citizenship was a live issue and a big deal in the Roman world. Bear in mind that some of these Christians may have been Roman citizens but probably not all, maybe not many, and indeed some of them may have been slaves with no rights at all. Roman citizenship was a privilege, and it was not enough just to have been born in Rome or within the empire. 
a limited number of people were born citizens, if their parents were citizens, and even then women could only be citizens in a, a limited sense. Citizenship could be bought, and in addition there were various rules by which you might be granted citizenship, such as service in the Roman legions, which I understand tapped to be for 25 years if you survived that long. It was regarded as a privilege, often hard won, and no doubt the readers of this letter would have pricked up their ears at this citizenship analogy. Now, although the topic of citizenship would have stirred their interest, notice that Paul specifically speaks about citizenship of Israel. God's ancient people had been brought into a privileged relationship with God by invitation. The qualifications for this citizenship were faith and living in obedience to God's ways. Have a look at Genesis chapter 15. Individuals from other countries could choose to join with Israel if they wished. Have a look at the lovely book of Ruth in the Old Testament, especially chapter 1, verse 16. The establishing of the nation of Israel was meant to serve a kind of missionary purpose. But mostly, citizenship of Israel had come to be regarded as being separated from the rest of the world, the Gentile world and the Gentile world was regarded as being separated from God. But now comes the game changer. With the coming of Jesus, notions of citizenship are blown wide open. So yes, the Bible is clear that we're still expected to be responsible people as part of whatever country we belong to. However, accident of birth and status Circumstances and opportunity, wealth, privilege, hard work, none of these apply when it comes to belonging to God's household, God's kingdom. Equally, being part of the ancient uh, nation of Israel was no longer to be seen as being part of an exclusive chosen race. These dividing walls of hostility are broken down and the only qualification, in inverted commas, for this new kind of citizenship is the opening of the heart to God's Son. It has been said that the cross of Christ stands at the crossroads of history. It means that the way home is now open to the people of Israel and to Gentiles alike. In the early church, divisions between these two groups were causing quite a bit of tension Jewish Christians were tending to insist that Gentiles who came to Jesus also had to be circumcised and follow various other Jewish rules in order to be part of the church. The apostles, especially Paul, took time to carefully explain that Jesus has fulfilled all of the Old Testament requirements about coming into the presence of God. By putting our hand into the hand of Jesus, Trusting all he has done for us on the cross, we are brought home and by his spirit we can, be, we can begin to live in the ways of God's people. So, what about this new community? All of this means that in Christ those old divisions are broken down. This new kind of citizenship is not dependent on any of the old ceremonial qualifications 
only on trust in Jesus. All who have said yes to him are reconciled to one another. In the church there are to be no more divisions based on ethnicity, social class, status, effort or human privilege. Amongst Jesus' people, there is no concept of foreigners, foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. Paul then tweaks the analogy slightly at the end of the chapter by speaking of God's people as a building, with Jesus as the cornerstone. Those who have welcomed Jesus as Lord and Saviour are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. Church as a community is meant to be where God can be found. So the invitation stands open to all, whatever our background. To live out this reality in the life of the Church is part of our high and holy calling. This is not just an interesting bit of theory informing our minds alone. It's a reality that is meant to be at the heart of church, in which we are changed to our core in a shared lifestyle which still today can be truly revolutionary in the best sense of the word. Indeed, as in the Apostle John's vision, right at the end of the Bible, God on his throne says, I am making everything new. Amen.